Mr. Kips. Hello. Hi. I kind of feel like it's been a second since we did this, right? Yeah, I don't know why. I it's feel, cool because we didn't have a Monday episode that we recorded this week. Oh, but yeah, But we did record true. a Patreon episode. Well, we miss y'all. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't it feel like it's been ages since we've... Who, yeah, I don't wait, know who, why. Oh, Jarrett was who we had on last. Oh, I love that yeah. episode. I, Me too. It was I, so fun. Yeah, I, 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 I don't always listen to them back. Like, sometimes I'll play it on my work computer and just put it on repeat while I work <laughs> but oh, not li- with the it. volume down. Just- oh, you on a, on a, that note, I did that too. When Lil Nas X is, um, uptown road. What is it? You're a huge fan of old town road, old town road <laughs> and Taylor Swift for going head to head in like the number one billboards. That's what I did at work for eight hours. So <laughs> I'm not willing to reveal our feelings on Taylor Swift. Cause I'd like to keep our, our fan base. Okay. I just just run with that, listeners. <laughs> Let your mind go wild. <laughs> um, no, but I am happy to be here. We have a really exciting get on the podcast today. We have Ben mm-hmm. uh, Rimmelauer. What you probably know him from uh, is he was the producer on Countess and Friends. Uh, so we're going to get a lot of tea on all things Countess Luann. I'm sure a little Sonia Morgan and... We're going to have to ask him if he was there on the night that Dorinda yelled, thank you, Giovanni. (laughs) I was going to say also if he was there when everyone saw Sonia's naked body. That's the same night. (laughs) That is the same night. Yes. Which we've all pretty much seen Sonia's naked body. So I guess that's not even really like that exciting of a question, you know? Right. Sure. Um, No, but yeah, we're excited to chat. Before we get to that, though, once again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We have some new followers, some new listeners. Oh, my God. We haven't talked since we hit a thousand followers on Instagram. We're at a thousand and twenty. Yeah. And I know that that feels like, you know, um, nothing. Because last week when Jarrett was saying he's Jarrett was like, and I have no followers. He was like talking about following because he runs Mm -hmm. social media. He runs social media for Netflix. Yeah. And he has 15,000 followers. And I was like, yeah, That's no following. No followers at all. <laughs> like I would pay to have 15,000 followers, but um, not literally. Because I don't buy. Yeah, you definitely can do that. Y'all, there was someone. Don't. I'm not going to say their name. <laughs> I put two and two together. There is someone that I follow that I've followed since I've started a podcast that... um. But they've not been a guest um, on this. They've not been a guest on this podcast. Okay, so that limits it to. Beep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was just. It was unintentional. Like I was on their page, and hmm. like I scrolled down, and I was like, twenty likes. <laughs> and then I kept scrolling, and I was like, fifteen likes. Oh my god, Tom, you were such an asshole. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. I actually don't like like do whatever you need to do to get okay. there because I understand that there's so many things that happen with swipe ups. There's so many things That's with people recognizing your brand as legitimate when you see followers. So I completely understand it. The we the reason I would not do it is because one day th- there are bot cleanouts, and like what's going to happen is you're going to get a bot cleanout, and guess what's going to happen. You're you're gonna, you're gonna be get revealed out, honey. as having 15 <laughs> followers, five no. of which um, are your uh, your mom, dad, brother, sister. Um, no, because I I get buying followers to participate 
like you were saying in the swipe up because it does help with um contact to e-commerce situations and like swiping up to shop I don't know. Sometimes when people like swipe up to listen, even if I have Spotify, it doesn't really work. So, but they still get, there's that point of contact that still happens. Um, part of my job is in e-commerce, my real human job. So, mm-hmm. um, I understand that, but like you're saying, it's like, okay, well then say you get $10,000, then you get to 20. And so 10,000 of them are maybe real humans Yeah. and just unbuy things. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> It's just interesting. I do want to watch that. I do want to actually watch that that doc on um on HBO. Have you, did you hear about that documentary? Mm-mm. There's a documentary where it's I think it's called Fake Famous, where they literally the point of the documentary is they make three like just hot oh, LA I people. Oh, I think I heard about this Insta-famous. when they were filming. Yeah. So, um, wait. Before we get to our episode, though, um, we just want to show some love and support to everyone who is uh rating and. Uh, writing reviews. Uh, we not have bots. we not bots. We've surpassed a hundred reviews, which is exciting. Uh, we're at one eleven, actually. That's me clapping, trying to be. And polite. I didn't buy any. And I didn't buy any of these. I did tell a person. One of these is from. I was at a birthday dinner on Saturday, and she was like, "You have a podcast." I was like, "Yep." Can I see your phone? <laughs> I'm five star. <laughs> and I wrote a review. <laughs> yes. Okay. Before you jump in, our dear friend Callie. Um, I don't know if I talked about this, but she was on a dating app, and the guy was in his profile said into bravo shows and she the first thing the icebreaker was do you listen to dumpster dive <laughs> i love it i love we have some diehards <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um no but this review today comes from uh bp borer i think it's how you say i'm assuming that's their last name uh the it uh, the title is Love, Love, Love! Exclamation point. Tom and Kicks are the best. They know their Bravo and their commentary is always on point. Plus, they usually have me giggling and laughing all the way through the episode. A must add to your weekly pop culture roundup. Well, thank you. <sighs> thank you. We would love BP. to be on some roundups on not just your phone, but on, you know, Entertainment Weekly, uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> Vulture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. places like that. Yeah. But one day. Slow, one slow day. and steady, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, you two can have your review read if you just rate five stars. It's that easy, and you'll hear us. It's it's our version of Cameo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have another review that we'll be reading on Monday's episode that is a, it's not quite so nice and funny. Ooh, yeah, so, I so love that. So stay tuned. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Ben in one second. Okay, and we are back uh, to chat all things Bravo and Roni with uh, Ben Remelauer. You can follow him at Ben Remelauer on Instagram and rate, review his podcast, five stars only, Ben Remelauer's Broken Records podcast. Uh, he talks showbiz uh, and Broadway with other people in the biz, uh, what culture they consume, and uh, just curates really great conversations. Uh, and he also appeared on... Real Housewives of New York City quite a few times as the producer of the one and only Countess Luann's Cabaret Show, Countess and Friends. Ben, you started a movement, the Countess and Friends. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. It's great great to be chatting with you guys. Yeah, we're so happy you're here talking about iconic Roni. And honestly, it couldn't be a more perfect guest for this chat. Yeah. 
also your background you have you're in truly like the the gayest broadwayest fiercest <laughs> living room i've ever seen in new york city can we thank talk you, about that thank you for fiercest um <laughs> it is definitely uh very actually my whole apartment has a lot of broadway stuff but my living room is all patty lapone Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. I was going to say, because I see Evita and then I see Gypsy. I was going to ask if it was all Patty LuPone. Yeah, Wait, I mean, the... there's, there's walls you can't see either that are <laughs> as much Patty. Oh, my God. Patty. It, oh. <laughs> I, I could talk about Patty forever. I, I, I'm, you know, I was a musical theater major in, in school, but I, I don't participate in that walk of life anymore. But well, I, I, you, that... you attend. You attend. I attend. No, I attend. And I do. Yes. I really do miss it. But um, yeah. Patty, she, she's queen. She's queen B. She's she she's is. the Countess of Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to comment on that. Um, oh. So, <laughs> Ben, wait, Ben, uh, tell us about uh, the podcast. Uh, about my podcast. Well, no, um, not mine, not mine. Yours, <laughs> yours, yes, please. Your podcast. Uh, well, it's I, as I was telling you guys, uh, it's Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records. Not because I'm an egomaniac, but because there are other Broken Records podcasts out there, um, and uh, it. Uh, it's called that because when we began it, we interviewed Broadway people um, as well as some Broadway adjacent people like Michael Musto. And, um, you know, it wasn't all uh, strictly, strictly, you know, I mean, Michael Musto, I guess he really hasn't worked in theater. But anyway, but, it, you know, people that were Broadway uh, uh, pundits, if not artists themselves. Um, and we talked to them each about one album that was particularly uh, influential to them. So it would be about the record, you know. Um, and uh, then with the pandemic, we changed the focus and we really, Daniel Nolan, who's my fabulous co-host, we really started just doing these episodes we called Corin Streams. That was yes, just the I was two listening to the first Wives Club episode today. Yes, that was so fun. <laughs> and it's a great example because we took things that were either musical theater or like we would say musical theater adjacent, like the first Wives mm -hmm. Club. Mm -hmm. um, and just sort of gay out just, over it ourselves, yeah. you know. I was gonna say just like gay classics. It sounds exactly, like. <laughs> but all, but but some not so classics. Like you know, we took really random things too, um, like uh, uh, like this thing that was called Showstoppers, the best of Broadway. That was a concert at some random venue. Uh, I think the Pasadena Civic Auditorium uh, outside LA in like 1982, hosted by Tom Bosley, who you kids probably don't even know who that is, but. Mm -hmm. He was yeah, a major, major celebrity in my childhood because he starred on the TV show Happy Days. Um, oh, yeah. But he, he was the dad. But he also, and then later on, he did the Father Dowling Mysteries. This is becoming way too deep of a dive. Into Tom <laughs> but, okay. um, but he had been a Broadway star. He originated the role, uh, this title role in Fiorello, the musical. And for the younger people, he was the, uh, in the Broadway version of um, Beauty and the Beast, he was her father. Um, oh, okay. But that was, you know, not his heyday anyway but this concert was him and he had all these stars uh cheetah rivera and donna mckechnie and alexis smith and uh, len Carew and yeah. ethel merman and mary martin were in it of all what? people uh who were and they were old uh but it was uh just all these stars diane carroll uh, nell carter doing songs from their uh, shows that they were famous for and some of it's kind of tired because it's like this random theater in Pasadena and it's like often decades after they originated the roles. Anyway, uh, yeah. we were very excited to corn stream this, although we had a lot of complaints about it. Um, Wait, what but... were your complaints about it? it was... oh, no. So many. It was... I mean, it was so badly produced. Like, yeah. 
Because oh. we, we at that phase in the corn stream, we were doing a lot of these like sort of um, big all-star concerts. We loved the all-star concerts more mm -hmm. than the sort of narrative things. Like for example, First Wives Club or like uh, we did other musicals or movie musicals too, because these had like, you know, 22 stars singing 42 songs. And right. there was a lot for us to just, you know, kind of like break it down one after the other, after the other, mm -hmm. after the other. Um, but this, but so if we were doing like Sondheim, a celebration at Carnegie Hall or mm -hmm. my favorite Broadway, the leading ladies also at Carnegie Hall. Uh, and um, they were such from the second, even the Sondheim um, live stream, uh, birthday concert yes. when Sondheim turned uh, during, 90 during, COVID, during yeah. COVID, even that with all the technical difficulties and everything, there was still this sense of this like event. It's the night and yeah. we're all right. sitting here, sure. like, you know, we all like, our, you know, took our CBD and we're eating our popcorn in our like living rooms, you know, <laughs> and this my, uh, showstoppers, the best of Broadway is like, you feel like it's a matinee. There's just very matinee energy about the whole yeah. thing. There's something though about like half-assed theater that sometimes I love more because you're like, what is happening? Like sometimes it's so like, I don't know if uh, you've ever listened to the podcast, How Did This Get Made? But it's about yes. bad movies. Yes. And it's, so it's, I mean, so it's, if you don't know what that podcast is, you probably don't know what podcasts are because it's like, the, it's one of <laughs> yeah, the first yeah. podcasts. But, um, and it's one of my favorites. But mm -hmm. I, there needs to be a podcast that is like, how did this get made? But like, how did this get like done, performed, played. whatever? Because or, like, no, there is a how did this get played oh. about music, unfortunately. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, we had the theater. best time. That right. episode, like, is one of Daniel and my favorite episodes talking about showstoppers, even though we were actually so negative on the thing itself, you know, because I we mean, just we all, lived for yeah. it. Oh my we God, all it's love so to fun. Shit talk. Yeah. I mean, here we are talking about reality TV. So. I mean, like, what's better than just like, a solid like C plus high school version of the music man. I mean, sometimes it <laughs> really hits the spot. Like you're like, like just seeing, Very much. seeing high schoolers like eat, like just eat like their words, but like, it, like the dancing's <laughs> awful. Like there's just something so fun about it to me. Yes, Bad theater. Totally. Oh yeah. I, totally. I totally, totally. And there's nothing worse than like, there's nothing worse than like a Broadway show that's just boring. You know what I mean? Like the worst crime, the worst, <laughs> worst, worst, worst crime. Um, wait, so I want to talk a couple Broadway things. So what? So I, on my list, I was like, I was gonna ask if who who your who your diva is, but I mean, behind you, you can see the answer. To that <laughs> I'm question. like Kelly O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, what 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 has been your favorite live theatrical experience like to date? Anything? God, um, I mean, so many. I've been really fortunate um, to, uh, I'm old. So, I mean, I, when I, I mean, I, my first Broadway shows I saw when I was like four years old were like Sandy Duncan and Peter Pan and yeah. Debbie Allen in West Side mm -hmm. Story. And wow. uh, I saw the original production of Annie. Um, uh, but then the like original? when I- Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Amazing. I didn't see Dorothy Loudon and Andrea McArdle. I saw it a few years later. So it was- With Sarah um, Jessica Parker? Uh, no, I saw I saw Allison Smith and I saw Marshall Marshall Lewis. Oh, um, cool. But uh, but even like when I became like gay, I was gonna say I guess I was gay when I was four and watching Annie. I assure you. But sure. When, but when I was like you know uh, really getting into musical theater on my own, not just that my grandparents and my uncle took me to. Um, when I was a teenager, we I started going to see a lot of shows and you know and that I'm still old enough that that was. 
you know, I was seeing the original Broadway production of Falsettos and The Secret Garden. Oh and God, I saw the original well. Angels in America two times oh and and the original Kiss of the Spider Woman, speaking of Cheater Rivera. My Rivera. favorite, and yeah. So, I mean, so many great shows um, and some not so great shows, which now I'm such a bitch. I mean, I just fucking hate everything. I cannot be bothered. I'm just like a hate <laughs> machine. But when I was like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I saw Bernadette on Broadway in The Goodbye Girl twice i knew every word to that score oh i mean i was just... like i don't care what the critics say i don't care about the box office it's yeah. bernadette it's martin right. short it's marvin hamlish i am in yeah it sounds honestly like a dream like yeah. we yeah we we often geek out about live theater because it's just a, we grew up seeing going to new york all the time and it was not about like sites and all of that we would just like plan mm -hmm. shows for every and... night yeah, yeah totally um so we my I w i'm gonna answer that question too tom no, I, I was gonna point <laughs> at you next Don't okay worry. yeah we saw pippin um when what year was that yeah the revival i i know um, that you guys didn't see the original bob fossey production no, i saw i yes, wasn't yes. even born then <laughs> and there's something about that like i didn't i'd never seen any sort of version of pippin on tv in person high school theater whatever and it was just so captivating and what like i we i did theater tech as a kid so it was just like the theatrics and the behind the scenes and the costumes, even when it's so like raw and not too crazy to look at, like Spider-Man or anything like that, it's still something so powerful about it. More so because it's the magic mm -hmm. of what they're doing with their bodies and the space. And of course the, mm -hmm. the words and the music, you know, more than, uh, you know, uh, just a big set. I mean, right. Sunset Boulevard, uh, you know, I, I saw the original production. I didn't see it, unfortunately, with Patty Lapone, but I saw it on Broadway and in Los Angeles with Glenn Close, unfortunately. Don't also. Say, I was going to say, don't. <laughs> um, and I saw her again. Uh, she was better in this revival than she was in the original. But but even the performance aside, that's a bad show. And the set is absolutely fabulous. I mean, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it's more opulent. Sunset makes Phantom look like a college show. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's so uh opulent i said that already it's just it is it's it's yeah. it's, it's lush you know yeah honestly that's how i felt about mean girls i was like sorry i hate this show but this, that was pretty epic <laughs> yeah. but it's like but it's not enough you know and, and right. then you take something yeah. like pippin where it's just about the humanity and mm -hmm. and that's like you said thrilling yeah it was very cool yeah i'm trying to think of mine i so i actually saw the this is not theater like a a, a show per se but i did see the 80th birthday Sondheim concert like in person which was insane yeah um yes. to that see, definitely counts to, I know that counts this is not a show but like to see yeah. like all those women like in red sing those songs Donna Donna Murphy is my like like I didn't that was the only thing I ever that's the only thing I've ever gotten to see her in unfortunately like, I didn't no to, I didn't get to I I saw Do I saw Hello Dolly with Bet, which was amazing but I wanted to see it with Donna on like the Sunday performance, you know, that she was doing, you know, and uh, but I just I like go to her videos often because like I don't think that there are people that act music in the way that she does. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I Pat Patty does. But like but there's just something about how Donna doesn't give a flying fuck about how her voice sounds sometimes. 
as long as the story is told, like, but then of course her voice does come through because when you're, when your body stops thinking about, you know, what your voice is doing, sometimes that's when the most beautiful moments happen. Yeah. And I just, she's amazing. And that was amazing. Um, I oh, think- I, I've seen Donna in all, I mean, I saw the original passion that Donna and yeah. King and I, and yeah. of course, wonderful town. And, and one of my favorite Donna performances uh, was Follies at Encores. Um, I know. I, didn't, I wish I'd seen. Follies. I mean, as, as great as that, could I leave you that she did at that Sondheim? Oh my um, God. Wild. Birth, as great as that was in the show, of course, it had more uh, impact even just by context alone. And the way she did the other number, Lucy and Jesse, mm-hmm. one of my limitations as a person is like, I don't appreciate dance. My eyes just kind of glaze over and I uh-huh. tune it out. But Donna Murphy dancing, I am suddenly like, for. I live for it. I could watch her in a silent ballet for three hours. <laughs> I would be happy as a clam. So what are you excited most like, what show are you excited about seeing once Broadway reopens? Well, I swear I'm not just saying this to kiss your ass, but six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually shocked you didn't see it, like, already. or like. Well, in- I, I had tickets. Uh, I was supposed to go to one of the final previews, um, mm. and it was one of the ones that was canceled. So it'll certainly be one of the things that I see first. Yeah, um, I want to see that so badly. I also want to see Tina, like... Yes, I'm dying to see it. Is Tina reopening? Do we know? I don't know, but I assume because I it wasn't it doing well. Yeah, I mean, I I would hope so. I don't. I literally have no information. I don't. You know, I just uh, I just was so mad that I didn't see it, and I I really truly sobbed like a baby watching the Tina documentary on HBO. Yes, of course. Like she's she's amazing, and I don't typically like I'm not typically drawn towards the like the the musicals about people like the biopic musicals and stuff but tina's it feels like a story that's worth um mm. you know diving absolutely into. i mean you know i'm always going to be less excited about something like that that uses pre-existing songs that were not written to right. be on broadway mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and no matter how fabulous i forgot her name the actress that plays tina um uh, di- um isn't uh, it diane something no no, that's I'll not it. it I, no matter how fabulous she is, it's not going to be the same as seeing Tina sing, you know, River Deep, Mountain High, or, or What's right. Love Got to Do With It, or whatever. Right, um, in the end, it's an impression in the end, you know? But, it's you know, as opposed to something but... like Six that I think will be, you know, that's what Broadway is about to me, is original yeah, pieces sure. of musical theater, you know? Right. Yeah, I completely In agree. that level, that it's just like that level of impact, too. I mean, even before it was really able to be on Broadway. I don't even know if it was on for a week or just in previews, but like everywhere people were talking about. Yes. Oh even God. People, non-Broadway totally. people. You know, that's like, mm-hmm. that's the level of like musical theater that I love so much is just like the high elevated camp yeah. <laughs> like of shows yeah. like that. So, and that, that show, I mean, you know, it, I, it's, I guess it's somewhat premature to say, and who knows how COVID hurt its, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, momentum. But right. that show, I think, is going to be, you know, something along the lines of, like, a Dear Evan Hansen or, a, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, just a long, a, a show that, that, like you said, the impact goes beyond the theater people. I mean, just last spring when it was in previews before the pandemic, my friend who lives in Boston, who's not a theater person uh, at all, wasn't even a theater person in high school. I mean, she, I went to high school with her. I've known her forever. But she's not you know, a, a Broadway girl, she brought her daughter who's obsessed with six. They came down on the train to, just yeah, to see the show. That's awesome. And it's I love like, that. How does this 
you know, 14 year old from Boston know every word to this musical that hasn't even opened yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, I was that 14 year old <laughs> for like yeah. other same. things yeah, too, same. like Spring Awake. Yeah. You know, that was my like, like right. when I saw, that's probably one of the more formative live theater experiences mm. for me. I don't think it's the best musical ever, but like there was just something about it, like seeing, because I got to see Spring, Awake- Spring Awakening with the original cast. Me well, Kicks did yeah. too. So and yeah, did um, too, yeah. it was like before. Um, you know, Jonathan Groff was someone before Leah Michelle was an asshole before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe not before that. But, Publicly uh, <laughs> an asshole, maybe. Yeah. But they, but, they were, I mean, that was an incredible production. I mean, that yeah. show, and I bet it's true of Six in a very different way, but they had that really rare quality on Broadway where it's a Broadway show that actually seems cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of new Broadway productions could be great, but, you know, like they feel like they're, catching up with pop culture from two years ago or five years ago or 40 years ago, you know, right. mm-hmm. but you sometimes you see, I mean, certainly Hamilton is an example of something that it's actually ahead of pop culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that um, that was very true of Spring Awakening, even though it's more arty, you know, it was never going to be the kind of hit. I think Brian Stokes Mitchell is walking across the street from me. I live in Brooklyn. Oh my God, tell That's him so funny. Um, uh, anyway, I don't. I got too excited about that. But I've um, seen him before it. on the street before. On the Upper West Side, sure, but in, yeah, in Williamsburg. Upper, yes, what yeah, because I, yeah. I think he used to live by a friend of mine, and I would see him yeah. on the Upper West Side. No, in yeah. Brooklyn, that's crazy. Crazy. I yeah. can't believe there's a Broadway gay that lives in Brooklyn. You might be the first, Ben. <laughs> no, are you kidding? My neighborhood is so gay. They're all no, here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I'm just saying Broadway people. I feel like I'll live on in between like like 40th and 96th. Yeah, they do, or the 196th. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, let's jump into some housewives talk. So right. first, we got to talk about, you know, I, I I spent a lot of time writing this question down, and I I hope it reads right. What's Luann like? <laughs> uh, Luann is great. Luann is great. She's um, the she, the whole thing about her all the it seems less true now but for so many years that there was so much shit that she took on housewives about being all countess like and manners obsessed and everything Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean i i didn't know her in 2009 or whatever when the show started i first met luann uh in like 2014 okay but certainly by the time she came into my life that was not at all even a little bit a part of her. And, and you know, they would all be so bitchy to her about the Countess stuff and everything. And she, and that was, she was doing that for fun. She was doing that to have a brand and be a star mm-hmm. and eventually to launch her cabaret stuff and her music career, you know, it, and I, you know, of course, anything that you do on Housewives, you're opening yourself up to criticism. And Luann, mm-hmm. Luann, as much as any of the Housewives and any of the franchises, and in some ways more so invites criticism and steps into it you know mm-hmm. but but she was not at all quote unquote countess like i mean i know luann the good the bad and the ugly and there was no part of her that was like formal manners <laughs> obsessed and they always you know they, they, there's this sense with those girls it's you know it's always about going for the easiest jugular to just right. you know it's such a vicious fight every season on all those shows and so that was always the easiest cheap shot at Luann and she's not very good at defending herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and so, especially on that issue. So she she kind of had that uh, that rap long long after it was fair, I felt. Um, but, I uh, but you know, uh, but 
but it's nice to see that 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 has sort of um, finally kind of as there's such a new crop now. I mean, I don't, it's really like the it's the biggest turnover I guess we've seen since um, whatever it was when Luann left for half yeah. a season and Bethany was gone and Jill was gone. Yeah, and, season uh, season five was when yeah. we brought Heather Thompson and Carol Razzle yeah. and Aviva Drescher so in. Feels like that kind of renewal energy right now, and it seems like in the new world of that Luann is not being saddled with that same stuff yeah I think that like I think it if Luann like sent a drink back on camera they're gonna turn it into a storyline like she's a snob right just because like yeah it's like a trope that like has been it's a in the unfortunately it is a television show and they know that the viewers will like sure. laugh at a flashback of like her sending drinks back do you know do you know what I'm yeah. saying but that's you know yeah. Ramona's really the one that does that kind of shit you know right, Ramona absolutely. is the monster I yeah, mean the thing absolutely. that really I mean it just came up this week was it this week or last week but yeah well it's both when they were with the with Ramona uh with um no they were going to the Hamptons and Luann or they're no they're in the Hamptons they were getting in the car to go wine tasting and um and Luann introduced herself to the driver and uh, mm-hmm. they did a flashback to um, <laughs> her, you know, in season two or one or whatever yes. it was right. saying, you know, I'm Mrs. Deliceps. And like, you know, I remember watching that when it first aired and being very put off by that, even though I liked her when I was a mm-hmm. fan of the show. Right. Uh, but that was hard to swallow. And, you know, and but seeing the way she is now on the show resonated much more with how I've experienced her. Yeah, she seems to be someone that like, hears everything that people say about her and makes it fun like she, she tries I like, to you know Luann, well, yeah. Luann wants to have a good time I mean she really mm-hmm. she wants everybody to like her and she wants everybody to have fun and you know sometimes she, uh she's able to pull that off on Housewives and last season and I think hopefully this season for her too she's getting better at achieving that you know because it's mm-hmm. been yeah. difficult and uh things trip her up i mean it's like you know if you i always imagine like if i was on this show like i mean you know actually on it like as a yeah, in you, the competition yes, yes. so to speak <laughs> you know a full cast member full yeah. cast member yes. um you know like i what it, i'm sure it looks easier to us watching the show than it actually is it's like what if you were like I'm not, I'm not going to take any bait. I'm not going to get into any bullshit arguments with anybody. I'm just going to look, I want, I, it seems so easy. Like how can mm-hmm. they do this stuff that makes them look like such assholes on the show? They right. know there's cameras there. Why wouldn't they act in a way that they'll be more beloved, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of them seem so unself-aware, but I imagine that it's harder to pull that off than it appears like it would be for us. Um, Right, but then, but it's then, also the, oh, I say, but then you, but then the viewer would say they're fake because they're trying, right, or they're not leaning into who they are. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, it's like, a fine it's line, a, you know, right. but it's, yeah, because um, it's like, it's like, oh, that housewife's boring. She's not sharing anything. But there's and a difference starting between like, <laughs> being fake and being like cool and self aware, you know? <laughs> right, sure. yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess being cool and self aware might be out of reach for some. Uh, I think that trains types. left the station for yeah. some of these women. <laughs> yeah. You know, but in a way for all of them. I mean, you know, when yeah. you look at like, you know, not just like crazy Ramona, but I mean like Luann and um, certainly Sonia and like, you know, these women have been on this show and it has been the focal center of their life for a decade. And for more than right. that, you know, yeah. and it's like, how do they have any concept of reality, actual reality? You know, no, it, you... It, it's 
they and their whole life and uh, they're people that wanted this. I mean, that's I feel like the great secret you hear about reality TV is that like anyone that's on a reality show, whether it's as a Real Housewife or as a singer or as a um, chef or a workout guru or you know whatever the thing is, they're somebody that wanted to be famous their whole life and they finally found the thing that struck you know mm -hmm. it's not that they are like well i just i'm a really good chef and i love what i do and then one day bravo came along it's like no they've been trying desperately because they have that that insatiable need for fame you know right. mm -hmm. and right. so when they get this thing that gives it to them in this big way you know eventually it's even if it's subliminal like a rat in a cage or you know a hamster going for the if you pull the bell then the pellet comes out they're going to live their <laughs> lives in a way that generates more fame and attention, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm convinced that Luann married Tom because it was good for the show and not in some like calculated planned way. I think mm -hmm. that she was living her life like drawn to the light of like what would be, you know, I, I've never right. told her I thought that, but, and, but, and I wasn't really she, around can, when that happened. I can but. also guarantee you she's not going to listen to this, so. Yeah, you can talk about it. She's <laughs> never going to hear this. Um, no, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's an interesting point. But I think that, I, I, I think that you, it, anyone on a reality show when you've been on for so long would just seize an opportunity like Tom, for instance, and be like, this man loves me. This can be a storyline for a season. Cause they, you have to think about what you're going to do this season. You're like, we start filming. Oh, of course. We start of filming course. on Monday. I have to meet with Ben because I know that we're planning on doing a show, you know, like yeah. that's going to be my storyline this season. Yeah. And like, obviously things happen that you can't predict. You also, like, like you also have to plan, like actively, like call the producers. Like the right. producers have to make sure that people can, they can film in that restaurant yeah. and then, or that retail store, you yeah. know, it, it's like, it's a whole shebang. So I'm, I, I'm sure you've experienced some of that, Ben, but it's like, there has to be some sort of planning, even if it's like a fake ish storyline, like there, or even if it's like, a, I'm out of the from my experience, nothing on the show is fake. The, the show is fake to the extent that these women are fake. But the, the show is not a it's not a fake reality from what the women's real lives. Oh like. yeah, yeah, yeah. The show represents what these women are doing, and you know, and 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 you can tell, especially with these OGs, that that's their deal. I mean, I I I uh, like I love Margaret Josephs. I actually got to know her. She's been really lovely to me. But I feel like a lot of the new cast members, and I mean, I call her new, but I guess now she's going on her fifth season or whatever. But like, yeah, she's in the new. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But I keep forgetting she's maybe not. new's the wrong yeah. word. But they're they're second generation in the sense yeah. that mm -hmm. long before they were on the show or even considered for the show, they were watching the show. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is why it's always so bullshit. You know, like, what did you say? Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Ebony uh, on New York being like, oh, Heather, who's she? I, I know. Tell, I don't know who this no Heather idea. is. Tell me. What's weird, she's, too, about it is that she's she's said on on record that she's been a fan of the show since the beginning. She's watched every season. <laughs> like, she loves the show. I mean, and so I don't know why she said that. I was like, girl, like, you know who Heather is. But maybe she was, like, shocked that Heather Thompson wanted to be back on the show. I don't know that, uh, that I doubt, but I, cause apparently, yeah. you know, according to Bethany, nobody leaves the show uh, by choice, but, um, Except but I her. wonder yeah. <laughs> in her opinion, in fair, I mean, I'm, I'm not in fairness to Bethany. Like she certainly is in a category by herself of all the Abs entire absolutely. universe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I, I also think, you know, probably not 
to, to defend Ebony after I criticized her. Probably <laughs> also, you know, they're trying, she's trying to, what she's really saying is I'm not allowed to be like, you know, I was rewatching season four the other day and I thought Heather shouldn't ever have said, you know, blah, blah, blah. So what she's trying to do <laughs> that is would be like, pretty iconic, participate honestly. in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. But it wouldn't be because they would just not use it, you know? Right, absolutely. I but I have noticed it, more and more that they do, they do acknowledge, I think the first time I ever noticed it was um, when Teresa started making headlines with her, um, when she was, you know, first going to court for eventually what, put her and her husband in jail, but like mm -hmm. they would show newspapers and it would say like, you know, housewife, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it seems like they do that kind of stuff more and more. Like even when they were talking about like, oh, you put such and such in the newspaper, you called the papers, you called the papers. It's yeah. like, they oftentimes do it in a way that it's obvious. It's not about like, well, they're New York society ladies. It's mm -hmm. obviously because they're celebrities and they're, right. they're not sure. hiding that so much. Yeah. Yeah. I I I always want more fourth wall broken, but Me too. Um wait, I do want to before we chat a little bit more about this episode, I want to just hear about your experience with Sonia cuz Sonia was also present for a lot of um cabaret performances, <laughs> be that um 5 minutes before the show or <laughs> I don't know, but you've been in the room with her and I got to know cuz I've I'll, been I'll in the room you, with Luann before. She was never there at Sonya. the 5 minute call. Let me make <laughs> That's that not clear. surprising to me. <laughs> at best it was ever like well we're starting the show hopefully she'll get here by the time we get there her spot um uh but uh sonia uh has been really fun i mean i you know sonia i guess i first met um the first time i was ever around when they were filming housewives was this halloween episode like uh i guess that would have been season 10 maybe um and I'm not actually on the episode. But, well, I guess you can see me in the background, but but I, Luann had just brought me to this like fake Halloween party they were mm -hmm. filming. And and Sonia was weird. It was, I guess it was the first whole cast event of that season. Okay. And they were all together, except Sonia was like not really hanging out with them. Uh, so I don't know what she, I mean, Sonia's always going through something. But yeah. um, so that was odd. But then I met her, uh, oh, Luann brought her to see a show that I was doing. Um, and I was doing oh, my solo play, uh, Patty Issues. Um, and Luann brought Sonia. And so she was very sweet and lovely. And then then when I would see her other times we were filming together, she was like very warm and friendly to me and always like commented on how great my show was and how she was like so like, you know, uh, in awe of my talent. But also like there were times when like, I was just there like as part of Luann's like entourage and I yeah. was not <laughs> filming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I did kind of feel like Sonia didn't really like have time of day for me. You know, it was like, yeah. it, there was definitely a difference I feel like between like, you know, no, at the end of the day, the nice ones or the not nice ones, you know, they're all doing a right. job. Right, and right, absolutely. Yeah, so you want Sonia to be the one that's just like so loving and so sweet and so warm and just drunk and silly and crazy. But like, there's a little bit of a Ramona side to Sonia too, you know? Yeah, I can see that. And like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, just the same as like to Ramona, there's like a little bit of a, as much as you want to hate Ramona as this fucking like 
Trump voting, Mar-a-Lago partying, <laughs> like racist, classist, you know, mean, Go forgetting on. people's name jerk. There's also a side of Ramona that's just like this sort of like New York fag hag alcoholic who just like sure. wants to like love everybody and dance and party and have right. a good time. And, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. You know, there's no gay guy under 70 that could be in a room that Ramona wouldn't want to like flirt with and be nice to. If they're, yeah. You know, oh, for sure. So, yeah. So I, you know, it's like it, you know, I, I, I think I always want to put people in like very tidy boxes, and in my box for Sonia, it was very much just like pure love. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I did great. have a few yeah. moments where I was like, no, Sonia doesn't give a fuck. I could like drop dead right now. Um, yeah. So, you know, that was like a, a little bit of like a reality check. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's always going through stuff. Speaking of going through stuff, she's certainly going through things uh, in in this season. I What was I, that at the end whoa, of the episode? Whoa, whoa. Yeah. I And so I don't know if you've seen the like trailer for the season, but there's also a moment that that we see Sonia punch through a fire uh, extinguisher glass Which box. Is, I, I can imagine it's going to be in the next episode no, because no, she I think is it's wearing on their the same Salem outfit. Trip. No, I think it's oh. on their Salem trip. Maybe, or maybe She's not. She's wearing maybe a black right. puffy sleeve, so oh, maybe. maybe she does it again. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, this episode, I did bring me a bit of joy, though, because it felt like we're finally, like, doing the show again. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like our first two of we're the like season were, in the rhythm. were just trying to, like, set things up, but once we're like doing things together, things are moving. There's storylines that are coming out. Yeah. Um, I, one of my big takeaways of this episode, I think that, and I, I, I don't know that you necessarily need to comment on this, Ben, but it feels like Luann is like actually sober now, like, like actually trying to be, because you can tell that it is like really killing her. Like she can see that it's, she's going through things with her sobriety that we've not seen on the show before. Yeah. Well, you know, I really feel for Luann because I'm sober too. And that was something that she and I uh, bonded over quite a bit. And I've been sober uh, for, it'll be, it'll be 10 years. Uh, Congrats. Couple, thank you. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. But you know, that was a decision that I, I made for myself mm-hmm. uh, when I was 35 and completely out of the public eye. And um, I woke up one day and I made that decision and I had such everything that I did in my choices that from that moment on were just a constant positive. I just yeah. kept, I, it, I had such an experience of, and I'm so blessed that I, my getting sober was so easy for me. And I went to rehab and stuff, but it was all, it was all good things that I was taking on by my own choice that were exactly what I wanted to do. And I had such clarity mm-hmm. and ownership over that. Yeah, and that's awesome. For, you know, and for with Luann to have had something that was so embarrassing for her and so um, uh, damaging public. to her and so mm-hmm. public. So public, yeah. And it's like she didn't have time to, she didn't get a chance at all to have a personal experience of how she felt about it because she had to go through so many hoops for all these other, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like poor Luann. I mean, you know, obviously her behavior is what led her there, but mm-hmm. but right. the fact, the reality is that her behavior led her to a situation where she had all this thrust upon her. And I think she's somebody like many of us who um, when, when there's an element of authority or control, the instinct is actually to push back, mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. submit. Yeah. And I think, you know, and and I so I saw and I saw that happening in real time, you know. And yeah. so I, I it's really nice to see uh, how her perspective has shifted now that you know 
she got the law off her back, so to speak, mm-hmm. and now is able yeah, to and like she's making the decision for herself and yeah. not because right. it's, someone. It's, yeah. yeah, but and it's I yeah I'm I'm really proud of her. Like, and you can tell like she is going through it. Like, I, and it's just weird. Yeah. It's interesting because it's kind of it's not the first season that we've had where she's been mostly sober or completely sober i mean she's completely sober now but she she had been dabbling with being mostly sober for the shows be that for legal reasons or also last season she was just like i can't really drink like it's not it doesn't Mm -hmm. work and she did sometimes but it's just it's it's a different it just it's a different look on her and she's being super vulnerable and i i really appreciate leah's feedback with her i thought that Mm -hmm. that was so spot on when they go to the bar later on and and she's like do you think that like this thing is holding you back because like you've probably had like five bottles of this fose today (laughs) you know like like i can't also that's probably like ten thousand calories there's no way that thing is like low in sugar i mean it's probably it might be just like it might be just like sparkling water in a bottle i feel like (laughs) i'm gonna guess that it's full of sugar but um But I I am kind of curious, but I think Leah was right for Luann and probably for me too, that it would not be helpful. Um, yeah. But I never worry about Luann with calories. I mean, you know, she just oh, always she, looks yeah, she, fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll tell you, I've seen Luann stop traffic, not because a celebrity is crossing the street, but because mm-hmm. a like six foot tall, gorgeous woman is crossing the street. <laughs> She's you know? stunning. Stunning. And more so right. even in, she looks great this season and le- recent years, but even more so in real life than on, you know, and that's why her cabaret is successful. I think, you know, she's more beautiful in person, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I love that feedback from Leah too. And, uh, even though, you know, Luann of course didn't want, they had a, she shut it, she shut it down. They didn't have a a bitchy housewives fight, but Luann Luann wasn't open to that, which is fine. You know, you don't, I'm not sure that that many, right. And I'm not sure that many people would be so, I think she was incredibly respectful of Leah saying that, but, I think she handled it how most people would handle it, be like, shut up. Well, it, I mean, <laughs> but, like, it was also a very, like, same, what do you call it? Uh, what aboutism? I mean, she's talking about Leah's, like, yeah. mocktail. And it's like, first of all, we're not talking about Leah. We're talking about Luann. Leah's not right. the one who just, like, went outside and, like, had to, like, take a smoke with break. Like, I was killing it because she was smoking with, like, the glass next to her, like, she was drinking. And I'm like, I see, I see what Leah's saying because you're yeah, literally, right. like, you're in the habit of doing something that looks but like, like But Luann acknowledged that she was struggling in that moment, right. and Leah right. was mm-hmm. responding to that. L- Leah wasn't struggling, so Leah could have been drinking Fose too. It would still have been relevant for her to give that input to Luann. But, you know, Luann didn't want to hear it. I mean, whatever. I can, <laughs> you know, if you want to play What About Is Him, I have a lot of complaints for Leah about this absurd Judaism Well, no, thing let's talk about that, it. I, w- I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on it. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I want to say I, I only met Leah once and I didn't really spend a lot of time with her. I mean, I don't even know if Leah would know me as opposed to the, um, you know, the girls that were around more when I was on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, would I have a relationship with to some extent. But uh, but I love Leah on the show. I, do I too. absolutely love her. Like, I just I I just thought she came, saw and conquered last season. And mm-hmm. I'm so ready for her this season. And I just love, love, love love her in so many ways um i'm living for her outfits that she's yes, putting together all the prints she looked amazing that the literally made me, that made me and then ramona sonia, okay and then yes. ramona changed and then, into prince yes and then when sonia was like well <laughs> she was like, I'm you gonna have put three prints on yeah i yeah. mean first of all ramona is the one who's obsessed with like some 
stupid superficial idea of manners and class mm -hmm. that are, is right. insane. But like, so that's just hypocritical and crazy anyway. But also <laughs> like Ramona clearly like has, it's, it's, we've actually never seen Ramona have a relationship with anyone like she has with Leah because mm -hmm. she's like, there's, it combines Ramona's like girlfriendy, lovey, adoptee kind of feeling like almost motherly like she is with Sonia mm -hmm. with her sort of like vicious judgmental hatred that she's been with, I don't know, other people on the show, you know? Most yeah. people. And, <laughs> and, certainly. And like, it's, uh, so it's really, it's really interesting, like seeing Ramona sh struggle really, because she really is conflicted. And when Leah comes for her, it gets to Ramona. Like mm -hmm. other people could say that shit about the like blood plasma. And I feel like Ramona would just be very like calm, cool and annoying Ramona about it. Yeah. But it, I think she gave her diarrhea cause she was like so distraught <laughs> about it. Wait, so yes. Yeah, so I think what she happened? may also just have a problem. Like I okay, think that's- There's a lot to yeah. unpack in this She was hungover. Because... I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. <laughs> She's she's 70 i mean there's a lot going on like she's 70 and she had like a homemade pan pizza the night before and then she's downed about 30 oysters and had about glasses 20 glasses of, of wine what in the 24 say, hour like, period slurping oysters and like with uh, ibs yeah. Like, yeah and ibs she's yeah. like that's not gonna work out well I mean, that's, Ramona... the, that's the Bethany side of Leah I feel yeah she like she's good in like in the talking heads to be like you know like I don't first of all what I mean IBS is a real thing. Lots of people sort of kind of have it. Like, I don't right. know. But like, like just to like give a diagnosis is so Bethany and so it's funny so about funny. Ramona. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think if Ramona me? was oh, like- wait, Oh, I, no, we can't hear it. We can't oh. hear it. Sorry. I think if Ramona was okay. like 20, 30 years younger, she would make merch that said sipping oysters and IBS. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Wait, no, but, we, we got sidetracked, though. What are your no, thoughts yeah, sorry, on Leah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on Leah um, converting, though. That's how mm. we, oh, we started like, it. Like, look, I'm Jewish. Like, I would love for Leah to join our religion. I mean, I'm, I kind of hate all religion, but, like, whatever. Like, Leah's always yeah. welcome. But, like, fuck you, Leah, with, like, Orthodox Judaism. What kind of bullshit is that? With, like, she should watch that Netflix show, Unorthodox. Like, the fucking Orthodox Jewish movement is, like, you know, we're 77% of Jews in America voted for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. I promise you that number is the opposite in the like Orthodox community where like, you know, women's rights are compromised and burning like, you know, burning masks in Brooklyn. Like. Yeah, all this, yeah. yeah, exactly. This horse shit where they want to have the indoor gatherings and, you know, they've got like the mayors and governors in their pocket with this nonsense, you know, and it's that, that's the bad, join the, Leah should join the Judaism of so, like Seinfeld and like Bernie Sanders <laughs> and you know yes. like Sarah Silverman and you know or it doesn't have to be Bernie Sanders you know she could be with like right, my sure. grandparents but like Joe Biden not <laughs> fucking Mike Bloomberg and Donald okay, Trump. Okay so yeah. I have a question though it's like if she joins the Orthodox Jewish church Church. Or You're if so she's cute. church, sorry, we're Christian. Sorry. <laughs> we grew up we we grew up Christian, so sorry about that. <laughs> if she joins that religion, yeah. <laughs> can she <laughs> The temple. The temple, thank you. <laughs> God. <laughs> can she what? Can she go to just regular Judaism? Yes, is yes, that, yes, is that appropriate to say? She, she can, yeah. Because actually it's very um it, it's kind of just like 
there are differences that I'm getting all worked up about that are more like political and stuff, but that mm-hmm. don't really have to do with like the actual like practice of like the religion, you know? Yeah. And then uh, at least not directly, but then as far as the religious stuff, it's really just like the Orthodox people do like the most of it. So actually converting oh, to it. Orthodox Judaism, she'll have a lot of extra knowledge she wouldn't need, mm-hmm. but she will more than qualify for conservative Judaism or reform Judaism or whatever. Now I have another question. My question <laughs> is, is when Kix she... getting canceled for saying <laughs> no, no. no, my other question is when she said that, cause she said that she was having an Orthodox rabbi, like oversee yeah. her conversion. Now yeah. my question is, can an or- Orthodox rabbi oversee a conversion that is not necessarily into Orthodox Judaism, but into like a more, like moderate no, to live. They wouldn't. Okay. Um, that would be just that you would go to a different rabbi. I mean, there's no such thing as converting to Orthodox Judaism or to Reform Judaism. I mean, it's all one religion. Right. So any anyone that converts her, it's possible that if she went to like the like gay and lesbian like Reconstructionist like synagogue like in Chelsea and converted, mm-hmm. and then tried to go like become a member of like a, like a really like rigorous like orthodox synagogue they might mm-hmm. be like uh no you can meet with our rabbi six days a week for two years and then we'll talk Got but it. like <laughs> or maybe not you know because i could just walk in there and just they would just be like oh he's jewish he's jewish so you know i don't know like um uh but certainly it would certainly work as far as downgrading you know it's like if you have a first class ticket i hate to call it orthodox first class but you know it's like if you have a first class ticket and you want to change to a flight that only has economy seats available Uh you can have one if you have an economy ticket and you want to change to a flight that only has first class seats available that'll be twelve hundred dollars please you know yeah in two years long (laughs) (laughs) but also i should just say like there is such a thing as you were sort of suggesting like as there is such a thing as modern orthodox i mean i'm Mm -hmm. more railing against the sort of like lubavitcher movement yes i know exactly what you're saying but but still like why would she you know any orthodox synagogue anywhere even the most modern wonderful ones still have the women seated separately from the men Mm -hmm. and by the way it's not like separate but equal i know that's like an offensive (laughs) term to us as americans but like it's not (laughs) even separate but equal it's separate and unequal the women are like either in the balcony or like off in the back it's like so why would she do that i mean first of all it's never going to work out she she's (laughs) He's so far from even like a passing resemblance to what they would consider like acceptable, even like to like, they wouldn't even let her like come speak at like a like brunch, let alone like convert the way she lives her life and dresses and everything. Yeah, no, it, I'm curious to see how the storyline plays. She, out, she she's should trying call to me. I will that. take her to like very cool, <laughs> hip, progressive synagogues. Yes, we'll we'll let we'll get her on the good part of Judaism. I would love to see on your Chiron both Luann's uh, cabaret producer and Leah's conversion. <laughs> like Leah's <friend>. rabbi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another opportunity for you to, like, show up to a yeah, lunch with the Yeah, share the wealth, the okay? Some of us yeah. want to be on TV, and now you're going to be on twice or two different, two different roles? Share the wealth. That's now, I, do you know I was also on Real Housewives of New Jersey? Wait, when? I uh, I have 
for many years, one of my you like psychic. For, no, I wish. <laughs> I'm Faye Resnick, another Jew. Um, no, that's sorry, that was Beverly Hills. Um, yeah. <laughs> my uh, one of my things I've done, you know, besides like theater uh, to like make money, is like I've produced audiobooks, produced and directed mm. audiobooks. Um, and so I did Teresa. I did Bethany's actually, but I did Teresa's oh. audiobooks. And oh, uh, unlike Bethany, Teresa and I like really bonded. And unlike. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Bethany and I bonded more when I was Luann's director than we did when I was directing Bethany's audiobook. But but Teresa and I, they filmed it for the show when I was directing Teresa recording her audiobook. So I was on Real Housewives of New Jersey for that. I need to go back and watch that. I don't realize um, that. Yeah, when she was first out of prison. And um, Teresa and I actually were very close. I mean, she's been very supportive of me. And I I went on Watch What Happens Live. I bartended when she was the... um, guest one with Leah Michelle oh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's always circling back to musical theater somehow. Uh, but th- I, I don't know why I didn't have that written down. I don't even I like didn't know that for some reason. Well I mean you know it's like the Luann thing kind of like blew that out of like um, sure because I was on one episode of Jersey and I've been on I don't know like 12 episodes. Of, yeah tons. Uh, New yeah. York you know but um but but I but I still talk to Teresa and I you know I I I I, I like her a lot. You should do Margaret's book. I'm putting well, that. I'm, in. I'm sure that I'm sure done. it's already done. Oh, um, <laughs> it's out. But uh, but, Mar- oh. <laughs> but but Margaret and Marge Senior love them. Yeah, they're great. Oh my gosh, they're stars. True. The one I actually have like a can you. I don't know if you can say this as a gay man, but the one I have a girl crush on is uh, <laughs> Melissa and. I only ever met her like to shake her hand at Teresa's book party, but I, I really, I, I, oh, I would so go straight stunning. for Melissa. Say what you want about her on the show. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah. Like, and I, I love her imagine- on the show. I feel like she's another one kind of like Luann who like has really figured it out over the years. Like, like I, I, for, I feel this last season, I thought Melissa was like kick ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, here's my thing though with Melissa. Okay. My, my thing with Melissa, I think Luann, falls into Luann has the greatest arc on reality television I think of anyone we have and And I say this it's multiple there's multiple arcs in this like in her story like Like, it's just never ending it's a a never-ending roller coaster and and Melissa wishes she had that relevance like sometimes I think (laughs) she like she thinks that she like can create something exciting and then she creates these storylines that sort of just fall through about her, her no, family. No, her storylines are terrible. But it's very different. I mean, you know, yes, Melissa would be less or not at all compelling on the show without Teresa. Yeah. But also, like, we would die if Teresa was the only, like, OG. Like, Teresa, yeah, I, I love point. Teresa in life, but on the show, I freaking hate her. She's so toxic and crazy. <laughs> and, and yeah. like, you know, Teresa's by no means an intellectual in life, but like mm-hmm. on the show, she's a moron. Like, and like Melissa is like a breath of fresh air next to Teresa on the show. And New York is different. It's like, it's not like if, even with Bethany there, who was the set, Bethany is so much bigger than everybody else, but mm-hmm. she wasn't the center. They were still all kind of stars fighting for their moment. Whereas like right. in New Jersey, it's, all revolves around Teresa all the time. Yeah, right. And yeah, she knows that. She knows that. Yeah, she's yeah. She's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> um, okay, so a couple things I want to chat about in this Roni episode is, one, I want to chat about the plasma. And <laughs> do we think that R- Ramona <laughs> gave her plasma? Uh, no. 
Yes. No. <laughs> Absolutely. No. I mean, I. There are times I can get into Ramona. You know, like there's yeah. a good side to Ramona, and like I've like actually had fun with Ramona before, and like I don't like. But like I, but fuck Ramona, fucking Trump voting, like Mar-a-Lago partying, like with, you know, just like, look, we all have made our own relationship with how we got through the pandemic and mm-hmm. like far be it from me to criticize or judge what another person's policies are about the masks or this or that. But you know, you just know that Ramona just like on the spectrum is just the far end of just bad irresponsible behavior and just flaunting it in the stupid ass way and you know it, it's just um it's just, she just shows like rich white lady problems okay yeah, so like, something in the worst I, way you know yeah yeah something i didn't ca- I, I rewatched the episode today and took some notes about it just for this and i something i didn't notice the first watch is when ebony and her are chatting about ebony saying talking about the help and how that's offensive mm-hmm. and ramona yeah. is like receiving it ramona received yes. that better Shockingly than i've ever seen her well. receive a yes. lot of things yeah and although it was, was a little offensive like i was like oh god like this is exactly i mean ebony was so kind and generous about it and patient yeah. but like this so is exactly what like generous. every black person i know was saying they didn't want to have to do absolutely like, mm-hmm. you know is like just be our like hand-holding educator you know but, right but yeah. on it but it's true i mean this it's like our standards are so low know, with ramona that we're just like she heard it she heard she it okay so she heard it but then okay but something i didn't notice until the second watch was later at that at the table she says no ebony i just have to tell you i like the way you explain yourself you're not aggressive and oh, yeah, she said you're not abrasive too. and it's like okay wait now (laughs) that i actually think ramona came across worse than she actually was because that sounds like very like buzzwords of like stereotypes of like the angry black woman or something and you know if if you heard her say that out of context it would Mm -hmm. be very offensive right but i actually think ramona meant you're not aggressive like Bethany would be to me the way bethany would be exactly like you're like all these people are to me and everyone i ever meet is to me all the time like leah yelling at her i think but i see what you mean tom there was like it was a little unfortunate yes wordy that is it was just i I had noticed it i I, I think she was actually legitimately innocent but it was very uh problematic (laughs) something that i'll i'll never get over every single episode of the season is her getting in front of the story by making her tagline I may not say the th- right things, but my tensions are always right. You it's know, like, she, okay, you know, so Bravo you had wrote that to you had to preface that for every single episode. So just like a disclaimer, yeah. I fuck up and say something racist, but you can't get mad at me because my intentions are always right. But her I mean, are not Ramona is right. like the like like Jedi mind trick of housewives in a way yeah. because I go through the same thing with her every year. I watch her at the beginning of the season and I think she's kind of boring and I'm ready for her to be off the show. And then she starts infuriating me and I want to kill her. And like, she becomes like the most thing I'm most focused on watching. Mm -hmm. And then somehow by the end of the season, I'm always just kind of like charmed by her and like thinking, ah, she's harmless. She's all right. She's Ramona, (laughs) you know? And then somehow on the reunion, she always drives me fucking crazy and I hate her again. But it's like- last reunion, she was the color of her president. So it's just- (laughs) Oh my god, she was so orange. Um, yeah, I, I'm cu- I, I'm curious to see what her arc is like this season because like, 
Leah alluded to on some interview I heard her doing where she was like, she was like, it, it doesn't last long. Like this, like this, like, Oh my God, she's being so nice to Ebony thing. Yeah. I, you yeah, can tell obviously. that the shoe's going to drop at some point. Something that I, I was, I was I, I flip flopped on sides was when at first when Leah was saying like all the stuff about Heather coming in and I thought it felt a little like, I was like, well, that that's weird. Like, why do you care about this mm-hmm. one moment I- incident of Heather saying all these things on podcasts or whatever? But I, I started to think about it. And I think actually I'm more team Leah than I thought I'd be because like, I think what Leah's trying to say with Heather coming on is she's trying to be like, the producers are trying to pull some shit on all of y'all right now. And I'm trying to like get ahead of this for you because like they're bringing Heather in to like stir up drama. Like she was, Mm -hmm. I think she's trying to like bite it in the ass. So I'm curious to let everyone know that that's why she's coming. But isn't, isn't that what the producers want? Yeah. I, I I think the producers wanted them to be like, Oh, everything's like, look at this friend. We're bringing back in again. Like, do you think the producers fed Leah to say like, like that, like she said mm. that Sonia's face is fake and that uh, Luann me, does drugs, hard drugs. Part of me with the Luann part of it is that Leah and Luann are like actually friends. And so, and Leah knows and can understand how sensitive Luann is emotionally uh-huh. at this time when she's trying to be sober in while filming when all these ladies do is just pound rosé and white wine and so i think there was a like a level of like def- she's like putting up a defense being like no like this girl coming has talked shit about luann's like abuse of substances like this is bad i don't so know not, i yeah i i don't, I don't that's don't, me that's me putting in a perfect picture but I don't, I don't think that's the case i don't think the producers are sad about leah If the producers wanted the drama of Heather being there, they're also happy to have the drama of Leah talking about it beforehand. I mean, you're right. Absolutely. You know, I I, I think it's like you said, I mean, we feel like we're into a storyline now. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes Housewives seasons take a lot of weeks before you start to give a shit. And things are kind of crackling right away this season with New York. Yeah. I've heard some mixed reviews about this episode. I know. I I thought this episode was kind of a blast. In Me, the too. Me too. And I and some, some people, people saw. I heard it, things. People critics. saying it was boring. No. Every, here's the thing. Everyone love the Bravo fan base. I've learned is like lo- they love it until they hate it, and then they love hating it. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, guess what? We're watching a dumb reality show. That's what it is. Like have have a have a fucking fun time. Send to your couch. Pour a glass of wine and relax. Yeah, and, you know? and you're probably gonna be on your phone playing games Candy and on Instagram. Crush anyways. TikTok. It's yeah. all anyways. personal. Anyway. I mean, it's all like. I, the way I experience a episode of Real Housewives has at least as much to do with, you know, what I've been watching, how I've been feeling, what I've been doing that day, yeah. what I had to eat, how oh much sleep gosh. I got, you know, yes. whether or not I'm just like, yes, ladies, or like, <laughs> I'm like, Ugh, what? Like that is right. at least as much about me as it is about what program. For sure, that was like me watching the Jersey reunion. Oh, I haven't. I didn't actually didn't even watch Wait, it. I haven't watched it yet either. I can't. Yeah, because we weren't. We, didn't, we, we weren't really going to talk about it this week, I so I I didn't watch it yet. Oh, who's on their shit now? Me. Well, we just uh, we weren't gonna <laughs> talk, we could talk about it with Michael later but um wait okay t- two final things I want to talk about one we have to talk about Sonia saying that big dicks are overrated 
<laughs> I get I it. Agree. I, I agree. I agree too. 100%. My my boyfriend says I'm a size queen and I'm not. Okay. I and I want to reiterate that again here. It's it's sometimes too much is too much. Okay. I like to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like a, a guy it. like in porn <laughs> might be hotter with a bigger dick. But like if it's going anywhere like in or around, in, in my, around my butthole. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or even my <laughs> mouth or like frankly my hand. I mean like I just like do not need like all that real estate. It's just there's no, I so much work. So much yeah. more work has to be done. It makes it less fun. Yeah. You want a just solid <laughs> like average dick. I mean, there's look, there's you know, it's they say it's the it's not the size of the vessel, it's the motion of the ocean. It goes both ways. Like sometimes, <laughs> like an enormous dick just goes inside you and just like fills you up and makes you feel warm inside. And yeah. sometimes a little dick is like me, 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 and you're like, "Ow, stop hurting me!" Like it's not like just directly proportional size to like comfort level, you know. Hey, but, mom but and dad. A bigger dick is a lot more like no. Yeah, so um, I'll be curious to see what our parents have to say about this after I listen to the episode. But... Well, my parents aren't listening, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> no, oh, they, they don't, don't care. care. I'll talk yeah. about it. I mean, they might, but they'll still listen to it. And then so. lastly, we have to touch on Ramona saying, "Cancel culture." I don't want to cancel culture. I hope you enjoyed that honeymoon because that whenever they filmed that, what was that? That was like August 2020 or something. Right. Like, yeah, that was anybody that watches fucking Fox News as much as Ramona does. If that same scene had taken place today, Ramona would be going off about Dr. Seuss or like Mr. Potato Head or something. I can't. Yeah, I know. That's true. The the way cancel culture has evolved for Fox News people. Yeah. It's having a moment. Right. And then oh, I guess we we and then lastly, lastly, we should talk about Wells Fargo v. J.P. Morgan, the the, okay, the rivalry the of a century. Here's the thing: Does I have two questions? Actually, one question, one statement. First question: Does J.P. Morgan own Chase? Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I mean, Got I don't know it. how it works with money. Like maybe own yeah, isn't the word, but right. they're 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 the in cahoots, yeah. if you will. But I um. Never had a Chase card. Actually, maybe once. I've never had a Wells Fargo card. I actually card, just applied so. for my first Chase card. Work. Well, you're supporting Sonia Morgan. So. I am. I'm an but, ally. But is she even... I, I feel like all she got from the divorce is the townhouse, and that's like her only And asset. her last name. Yeah. I don't... Like, <laughs> but Morgan isn't... I'm going to say it. An average last name. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, we may know that she's like that Morgan, but like right. someone that meets anyone named Morgan on the street isn't going to be like, oh, Chase money. Oh, right. shit. Well, so you're going to be like, not Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So something that I heard a, a little bit ago was that um, Sonia and uh, JP Jr., which is who she was married to. Is that right? Um, what They were only married for like six years. Brian Moylan in his recap on Vulture said something like that. Like, yeah. that yes. this six-year marriage she's us, been grieving actually. the end of for 12 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it maybe Brian did. Because Brian, we had Brian on the pod a little bit ago. Maybe that mm-hmm. was where it came out. Have you yeah. guys read his book? No, I, I it's no way, in the I mail just... right now. Oh, it should be so here good. soon. So I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. Um, no, but it's bizarre to me to be married to someone for six years. Granted, I know you have a child together, so Morgan is there and present in your life. But it's bizarre to me that you fight so hard for your family name. There's just so there has to be so much there. It, there is so much hurt there, and I don't know why and where. I don't know if what their relationship was yeah. like. It's also these women like on the Upper East Side, like 
that, mm. you know, like you said, rich white ladies, it's like they come from right. this culture that's very backward. I mean, it's like a woman is supposed to marry well. Like, it's like, that's what their worth is, you know? I mean, I remember, um, it must have been New York, which it must have been a couple of seasons back, but the way they would talk about Sonia's divorce, like it was this horrible thing. How could she ever recover from that? Like, like as if mm -hmm. like the story that matters is the man's and the woman is cast off. And yeah. I think right. like it's, you know, for my generation, I think certainly for you kids, it's like, I'm not that what? like, you know, but, <laughs> but like, you know, we were born like after the sexual revolution, like we don't, we, we don't, I mean, you know, we really don't think that way. And certainly yeah. or at least mm -hmm. most of us don't, you know, but I think it's much more common for them. And um, it, it, it also is a little bit like kind of like the good Ramona versus bad Ramona. Like, I feel like um, in a way, some the, these women's personalities are molded by this like New York, like high society that they're mm -hmm. trying to be a part of that is really so backward. And like it encouraged all the wrong things about them. And in a way it's like nice. That's why I like someone like Leah on the show because I think it's like, you know, it encourages them to, to be these individuals with their own right. personalities and not just like trophy wives for like, well, you know, business. Right, cause she's not a, like she's like Bethany, not exactly. a traditional quote unquote swish switch housewife. You know, she's like, has a kid. She has a great relationship with the kid's father and has her own business and making money in the city and all these things. So it's just like, yeah, I think But in a way, why... a lot of them, it's like, you know, like Ramona doesn't come from money. Ramona, mm -hmm. you know, no. I mean, what was her first uh, tagline? Like, I like making my own money. I find that to be <laughs> an aphrodisiac. Aph an aphrodisiac. She's like, aphrodisiac. We're gay. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't, she could not say that word. Uh, Oh my god! Well, but, okay, but all of what? them. I mean, Luann doesn't come from money. It's like yeah, that's you know, a good point. We we love the Luann that we eventually saw. That's like just be cool. Like nobody right. really wanted her <laughs> to be like call me Mrs. Delaseps. Yeah. Like we you know we're we're not interested in like somebody that's importance is as the wife of somebody. Well, and I think that the most society person we have on the cast is Leah, like of like the new New York society, like the new New, new, new York society. But that's yeah, not what sure. Ramona's. I know, but regency I see is about right. But I, like the world that is the Regency on the Upper East Side is so small in regards to the actual events that are happening in New York City that people yeah. like mm -hmm. care about now. Of course. Like like Tinsley was even more into in that. And Tinsley was like the Paris Hilton of New York for a long time, you know, yeah. but also in a sort of sad way. Like, I mean, it, yeah. Tinsley, <laughs> I, Tinsley not, I don't mean sad like a loser, although maybe that too. But like, but Tinsley was like, I mean, Tinsley's my age, 45. Or, you know, maybe she's a, she's about, I'm 45. I think she's about my age. I think she's like, older than you. Maybe she's four. She's about my age though. But like, yeah. she's like, why, so why was she trying to do the lifestyle that like, you know, Ramona would have done in like the eighties or like, frankly, like my grandmother would have done in the fifties or forties. It's like, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Tinsley's 44, by the way. Oh, okay. You're right. My my apologies to uh, her fabulous. <laughs> you just aged you just aged her up. I'm sure she'll be thrilled to hear that. Um, yeah. <laughs> wait. So, uh, any final thoughts on the episode before we let you go, Ben? I mean, I'm in. I have to say, like, Same. I really, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know why anyone would say this was boring. I, I think, like, for episode three of a season, yeah, it's a blast. I can't remember the last time I was so just like, yes. 
Yes, it's great. <laughs> These women yeah. bring me so much joy. They're my entry to reality television, and I'll never, I'll, I'll never quit them. I love them Same. so much. And we've, we've, you are about as close to the sun we're willing to fly to the yeah. women of New York. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here today, Ben. My pleasure. It's great to talk to you. Um, before we let you go, can you just plug all your stuff? Well, I have my uh, podcast on Broadway Podcast Network, uh, produced by Broadway World, which is, as you mentioned, Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records. And um, we are uh, just, our newest episode just came out this past week. It was about porn streaming uh, the new series Girls Five Eva, which we so good, love. so good. I, I haven't watched. Two I'm episodes so left. excited. And um, also, my co-host Daniel Nolan and I have a weekly live stream chat show Tuesdays at noon. But you can also watch it after the fact, and it's on Broadway World's uh, Facebook page on the Broadway Podcast Network YouTube page. It's called Next Year Some Year, and we talk about all this kinds of crap and have guests and fun games. And you can follow me on all social media. I'm Ben Rimmelauer. Great. Um, and then Thank you, you can, so much. yeah, yeah. And then you can follow me at the Tom Hamlet and I'm kicks Hamlet. That's spelled C I X. Yep. And then the podcast is at dumpster dive pod on Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon where we are covering people's origins of reality television, uh, currently covering flavor of love season Oof. one. So go check that out. We're having a blast <laughs> doing that. And, um, everyone have a fantastic rest of your evening. Bye. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,